so what's up my people hello and welcome back to another episode of let's talk motorsports i am your host the big ticket here to talk to you about all things motorsports and motorsport related content there are two versions of the show if you want to check out the audio version feel free to go to apple Podcasts or spotify or whatever you choose to listen i'm available on all platforms and check me out there but if you also want to see the video version head over to youtube.com slash Tyreek Waldron that's T-A-R-I-G-W-A-L-D-R-O-N or by simply searching Let's Talk Motorsports in the search bar uh, be sure to rate this show 5 stars if you won't if you don't why don't you want to uh be sure to rate this show five stars and um, feel free if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at the Big Ticket 07. I also post updates on the show as well as updates on um, the motorsports industry and the motorsports world in general. Hit me up on Twitter, Big Ticket 07. Moving on to the show breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Coming to you live from my studio. It's my office, but, you know, we got some other shit in here. But, um, Bubba Wallace and MJ, uh, that's just the title. Denny Hamlin and MJ have been waiting on this, have been working for this and waiting on it for a long time. Waiting for, Den- uh, Den- uh, waiting for Denny Hamlin to retire and, uh, then pursue this ownership thing that they're doing now. Um, starting with, uh, let's see. Now, MJ. And Denny Hamlin now have ownership of a race team. Um, if you don't know who MJ is, it's Michael Jordan. You know, if you don't know, why don't you? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to say Denny Hamlin. No, Denny Hamlin is a facer, and um, he and MJ, you know, are obviously uh, have been friends for a minute, been friends for a couple years, and they have been trying to decide on on how they were going to pursue uh, ownership of a race team. And I guess they finally did that and finally actually uh, showcased that with this um, team buying that they just did. I'm not 100% sure what team they bought, but they bought a team that was already that was already that was already established simply because of the fact that they wanted to be able to qualify for just about every event, um, which I think is a smart move. If you, you know, if you want to buy into a business, you buy into something that's already successful. So that way, you know, you ain't got to do that much work. All you got to do is implement a couple a different branding and this, that, the fourth and, uh, you know then perform or continue to perform as the business has been doing um now when i first heard this i didn't think jordan had any you know type of knowledge or any type of history with racing or or the racing world in general but apparently he does jordan has grown in this was grown up in the south north carolina to be exact and see and that's nascar is, is very heavy in the south nascar is very heavy and you know He's spent his time growing up, going to races and going to NASCAR. So there's no surprise that he's still interested now after all these years. And now, you know, he's reached the hierarchy that he he's at now. So this just seems like a move, you know, that uh, that's not expected, but expected <laughs> uh, or that a move that, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise that he that he's able to do. Um. Now, Bubba Wallace is set to be the driver for the 2021 season. He has already signed the new deal, um, and he's already said that he will not be returning with Richard Petty Motorsports for the next season. If you don't know who Bubba Wallace is, that is the African-American driver in NASCAR at the time, and I find this to be the perfect moment for MJ 
biggest name in one of the biggest name in sports to come together with, you know, uh, a NASCAR driver of color, um, and bring forth this 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 new era. You know what I'm saying? I'm liking this. I'm liking this. I feel like oh my goodness, I just shook the shit out my camera. <laughs> I mean, just fix that. Anyway, I feel as though he. Uh, this is the. I feel like this is a, a huge leap forward for us. You know what I'm saying? A huge leap forward for people of color, and it's definitely going to open the door for a lot of other, uh, for a lot of other drivers to step forth and actually pursue a uh, a career in the racing world and in the racing, you know, type of industry and stuff of that nature. Um, now, Wallace, this has been one of his best years yet, coming in with what five Truck Series wins, as well as. I think a 10th place or a 13th place in uh one of the road courses something that something like that I'm not 100 percent sure uh but he has this has been his best year yet so i most definitely feel as though he he should be able to um he should definitely be able to to for 2021 he should be performing even better you know what i'm saying as as time goes by his experience is going up therefore you know with experience comes skill you know what i'm saying so more skill much better performance um now I feel as though this means so much in the fight for diversity in NASCAR. You know, uh, there was you know after a couple incidents with NASCAR, uh, NASCAR is heavily is heavily dominated by Southern Caucasian, Caucasity, <laughs> audacity, Caucasity. <sighs> Never mind. But um, it has it it is heavily it is heavily uh, dominated by uh, that demographic, and this would be a huge leap forward in opening a door opening a, a just 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 a crack opening the door just a smidge for uh for people of color to uh come in and and, and perform and showcase their skills on a nascar track um that was just what i had to get out the way for that uh you know me and nascar it, it's a love-hate relationship i don't i don't watch nascar i don't go out my way to watch nascar but if it's on i'll definitely give it a go or i'll uh, definitely check back into highlights and stuff of that nature for road courses and things like that I'm I'm a I'm a what's that what's that I'm a not a dedicated fan but um more of a recluse you know more of a relaxed fan that that just you know checks in here and there I'm one of those kind of people that uh, likes to I watch it if it's on I'll watch it but I'm not gonna go out my way if there's something more interesting on I'll definitely watch that for first uh, like if it's between Formula One or NASCAR which one you think I'm gonna watch Formula One if you answered NASCAR you're stupid. <laughs> oh man but with that let's just jump right into the formula one why don't we starting with not the sochi race for y'all yeah that's coming up next though um starting with the f1 reverse grid races now i don't know why the f1 higher-ups think that this is going to be a good idea because if i had to be honest with you it's not it's fucking ridiculous that you have to implement that you have to implement a artificial way for slower cars to win if they want to win get better get faster and do what's necessary and earn that trophy because now as that with the same words as daniel ricardo it devalues an f1 win it devalues an f1 trophy if everyone if everyone that doesn't deserve it wins it you know what i'm saying if you want to win an award you should you showcase that you have the skill how the races are set up now. If you showcase you have the fastest time in qualifying, 
you have three opportunities. If you showcase that you are the fastest there, you get a starting point on that grid. You get to be able to be in the front of the pack. So you have to showcase your abilities, not you, like you have so many opportunities to showcase your abilities. Okay, you don't have to just do it one time. It's three separate times that you get to showcase your yes. Obviously, there's certain incidents that can happen that can prevent that that will only limit you to two or you have to stick with a, a bad time or some shit like that. But most of the time, Q1 is usually pretty good. Q1 is usually pretty, pr pretty fucking good. Q2, there might be issue. Q3, everyone's trying to put the hammer down and, and get the fastest time. But that's not I, I don't understand why why this is even gonna why this is even a conversation you know what i'm saying these f1 higher-ups are looking to make the reverse grid races a thing reverse grid races are set up like this for those of you who may not understand the people who are in the back of the championship get to start in the front of the championship so basically the person who's let me put it in simple lamest terms the person who's in last gets to be in first at the start of the race does that sound right does that make sense Hmm? Does that make sense? The person who least deserves to be in first starts off first at the starting grid at the start of the fucking race. I don't give a shit about no exciting race. That's dumb. These races are already fucking exciting. Already. If these guys want to, if the people in last, if the people in the back want to showcase their ability and showcase their skill, drive better. Drive better. Perform better. Do what you need to do to actually get that victory. But don't let an artificial system be what gets you that victory. That's not gonna work. That's not that's not gonna roll over with people. That fan, I know I already know fans are livid. I'm a fan. I'm livid. That's bullshit. I don't wanna see that. I don't wanna see that. If you want that victory, earn that shit. Earn that shit. Ain't no way in hell. I'm a ain't no way in, I'm I'm a I'm not I'm not I'm not in support of this. Obviously, I mean, in my opinion, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in, in F1 at, at any way, shape, or form, but no, that's dumb. I, even drivers, drivers have expressed that, have expressed how they feel. Daniel Ricciardo, does the value of an F1 win hold as much today? No, if this is the, if this is the system that they're going to implement, no, it's not going to hold the same. It's not going to hold that same weight. Verstappen has even fucking said. I don't feel as though artificial means to a victory is the way to go for the F1 universe, man. For the F for the F1 industry, man. And they're right. Obviously, there's other drivers who have expressed their concerns, but those are the two people that I kind of care about. <laughs> but like, why would you put the fastest cars in, in the back? You know what I'm saying? Like, if these other these 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 teams spend so much money perform making these main making deals with drivers that they know can actually perform and do the deal and, and do what they need to do i'm almost certain if you all you know i feel like oh obviously i don't think someone like uh botas would uh would leave mercedes for a higher bid i don't i don't think that's i don't think these guys have morals like i, I like well i don't think that ugh, that came out wrong i think they have morals i don't think that they would just leave up and leave like that but spend some time learn who you're learn who you're finna be getting you know what i'm saying actually spend time investing in drivers that can actually perform and actually you know make the cars better these teams are multi-billion dollar industries and you telling me they being pussy and gonna try and utilize some artificial fucking means to a victory Thank God for Mercedes this year. Thank God for Mercedes as they thwarted and, and warded off this nonsense, warded off this bullshit. 
But next year, the F1 higher-ups, they're only going to need, what, majority vote? And I'm pretty sure the plan, all the teams in the fucking back <laughs> are going to support the motherfucking, are going to support this shit. So, we might be seeing reverse grid races next year. Would it, would it be a more exciting race? Probably. I'm not going to deny that. Probably. But it's an artificial means to a win. It's an artificial means to a victory. Obviously, I feel as obviously, you know, guys are the people in the back are going to showcase that they have the skills. But at the end of the day, you don't want to you don't want to do things too aggressive and then end up fucking up and not winning at all or uh, not not placing at all. You know what I'm saying? So these guys, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. I obviously I hope that this ends up, you know, uh, not being a full on thing. Uh to where that they implemented in actual races because right now they're only trying to do it in qualifying stuff so i don't know don't know but from that moving to formula one sochi autodrome or autodroma uh, how the fuck you say i don't know i'm not from russia excuse me um starting off right at the beginning of the race plenty of crashes in lap one plenty and now you know I don't understand why guys are so inconsiderate and have no type of I want to say passion, but they're very inconsiderate to the other drivers. They don't have they're inconsiderate of sportsmanship. You know what I'm saying? They have a lack of sportsmanship. Guys hitting each other in the backs. Guys realizing that they don't have an overtake spot, that they don't that they don't that they can't complete the overtake, but still pushing to try and take the overtake that they know fully well they cannot attain causing a crash less than five turns out of the starting fucking grid making guys completely dnf i don't understand why these obviously you want a good start you want to put yourself in a prime position but you also want to complete the race if you're going to hit another guys in the back that fucks you up too not just them because you don't know how they're finna you don't know how they're finna crash you don't know how to finish spin out. That could also end up fucking you up. So I don't understand why these guys are showing. It, I, obviously, it's a competition. This is expected. Crashes are expected. But sportsmanship is also fucking expected. But that's just my take on it. Anyway, plenty of mistakes and crashes in lap one. Uh, coming out less than five lap, less than five, less than less than five turns out the starting grid. Um, what was it? Two, three car pileup. Not a pileup, but two, three cars out the race right at the beginning. Um, a racing point team. Uh, for racing point. I forgot his damn name, but he was out of the race as if right when it started. Um, he was somebody that I expected to, you know, actually put some competition in place, maybe fourth, fifth place or something like that. And, uh, I mean, the other one was still in it. The other one did pretty well. But um, I don't know his name, but he was out of the, he was, he was out of the running right at the beginning of the race. And I'm pretty sure he was pissed. I would be, too. Um, coming from qualifying, Lewis Hamilton had two five-second penalties. Now, since now since then, it's, it's been waved off, but like they've been diminished and waved off by you know they've been taken off. But going into the race, two. Let me just say a 10 second time penalty, a 10 second time penalty. For those of you that don't know, 10 seconds in the racing world is a mile. Um, I'm not I don't mean that literally. I'm just saying 10 seconds is a very long fucking time. Um, 
he had apparently gotten these penalties because he was instructed by his team that he was allowed uh, to start the start his qualifying or start that 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 lap or whatever from the position he was in, which he is not allowed to do. Now, obviously, Hamilton being who he is, you know, they're trying to stop him. Uh, this right here would have been if he had won. This would have been he would have tied uh, Schumacher with 91 wins or something like that on for, you know, a Formula One career, which is fucking fantastic. That would be a great day in history, a great day in history. If you don't, I put that up on my Twitter. Actually, you know, check it out at the Big Ticket 07. I'm going to put in plugs all fucking episode, <laughs> but check that shit out. I, but obviously he's going to get it. He's going to get it. Matt Lewis cannot be stopped and his skies have no limits. I'm definitely jacking that right now. He's going to be able to match and then surpass Schumacher's record. And he's going to be the record holder um, for a long time coming, honestly. In my personal opinion, I feel as though he's definitely going to be able to uh, showcase that he is the greatest of all time. Although he already is to some people. By some people, I mean me. Anyway, um, going into the race, Botas led the pack uh, damn near the entirety of of the race, um, Hamilton was brought back. Hamilton was brought into the pits earlier uh, than he wanted to be, obviously. But the team is still instructed him on being brought in early. I think that's where the 10-second penalty was assessed or some shit like that. I don't know. Was uh, was that minister or something like that? I don't know. But that dropped him down to like 13th or 14th place. Then he had to come back and fight, and uh, he ended up in third. Um, but Botas led the pack damn near the entirety of the race. Uh, Valtteri Botas, uh, Max Verstappen almost got off track in that in that in the crashes and mistakes in fucking lap one, and uh, you know. But he was able to actually keep his composure and maintain. Now Max Verstappen has been having a rut, a rut, and I, oh oh my goodness, I'm so happy, I'm so happy for him. He was having a rut, of just a bad, bad. What two DNFs? Bad positioning, pole, whatever. And he finished in second today. Finished in second. Yes, the date on which I'm recording this is Sunday because I just finished making all my notes and everything like that. But <laughs> he has fucking finished in second place, which is a great position. I am so happy for him. And I am glad that that is uh, that's how he finished. You know, I, I when I saw him go off track at the I was like, oh my god, not again! But he came back, came back, uh, fought his way back into third, just coming right back on the track, and then pushed and and uh, and he, and held on the second for the entirety of the race, just just right behind Botas. Um, well, when I say right behind, I'm. Not necessarily right behind. <laughs> Valtteri was a full seven seconds clear. A full seven seconds plus clear of Verstappen in second. And Hamilton, I don't know where Hamilton was. But Hamilton finished in third. Um, let's see, what's what's 23 minus 7? I failed math class, so this might take me a minute. I'm fucking with you. Uh, I don't really care. But, um, yeah, uh, Max Verstappen. 
was a whole seven seconds behind uh, Valtteri Bottas. Obviously, he still came in second, so that's fucking wonderful, but Bottas was definitely kicking ass, and he was holding an aggressive pace the entirety of the race to be finishing seven seconds. Like I said, if 10 seconds is a mile, seven seconds is a, is, is, is a half a mile. I don't, know, like, I don't know how to really describe it. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's, just, that's just how it be. And congratulations to all three men. Congratulations to uh, Verstappen. Thank God. No more DNFs. Keep performing. I cannot wait for the next round. Um, where am I going with this? Where am I going? Where am I going? Where am I going? Ah, the next section. Rossi is moved to to Patronus. He is no longer with the factory team. Now, with the Yamaha factory team, I should say. Uh, he is now he's moved. He has signed a deal to go with uh, Yamaha Patronus SRTs. Uh, race team next season next season um now the signing move was originally planned to happen at the beginning of this of the at the beginning of this season but you know with this covid stuff and all that nature everything was pushed back everything was pushed back and delayed um they wanted him to uh complete a couple races at the beginning well he wanted to complete a couple races at the beginning to uh show that he still had a competitive edge and if he didn't he probably wouldn't sign this deal but he is still a competitor he is still the goat the you know not self-proclaimed obviously he's earned that position he's earned that right and to say that and uh i mean i don't think he says it but i think he deserves the right to say it uh he is the all-time goat moto gp racer and um he is definitely still competitive uh, in now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, now he's up in age now, but uh, he's definitely still competitive and is showcasing that he is still competitive with the positions that he has had in races. And um, I don't know, just how well he he he, he rides. Um, now uh, moving with him is uh, Jesus Christ. I have my notes all over the place at this moment. Um. Yes, my notes are all over the place at the moment. Ah, crew chief David uh, Munoz. I don't know how to say the man's name. I'm not his father. And uh, rider coach Gaviria or Gavira or Gaviria. Gavia. I don't know, man. I'm not their parents and I'm not Italian. So I don't know how do you expect me to say this stuff correctly. But, um,. Uh, there's also somebody else that's moving with him from the uh, Yamaha factory team. I don't remember who, but um, they are moving with him to the uh, to the Patronus team. Um, I feel as though there's still he, well, Rossi felt as though that there's still more to be done uh, with these guys, and uh, he's going to be able to showcase that um, he's still Rossi. <laughs> that's all I can really tell you. Um, his new teammate, Franco Movidelli. Of a a uh, what is it the VR46 uh, Academy protege of Rossi um, is his new teammate and I know I'm gonna be ecstatic it's gonna be like watching it's gonna be like seeing uh, it's like shadow boxing kinda but like instead of you know not fighting nothing you like you actually paying attention to what your shadow is doing and I think more Bedelli is a true shadow of Rossi. 
I don't know. I feel like that metaphor is out of place. But anyway, that's what's special about him. Uh, he, you know, Rossi is who Rossi is, and he created the uh, the VR46 Writing Academy, and Franco Morbidelli has been a part of that academy for a, a, a time, and uh, now you see the success of Rossi, not only coming from his own career, but going into others' careers as well. There's plenty of other people from the actual uh, Writing Academy that I am going to fail to mention because I don't remember everyone, but <laughs> you, you you can see the success of Rossi going into other people as well. Rossi is the GOAT, the greatest of all time MotoGP racer. Obviously, there might be someone better later on in the years, but as of right now, he's the GOAT. And a GOAT has protégés. A goat has people who come up and look up to him. A goat has people who follow in his footsteps. Like MJ and Kobe. Like Kobe and Tatum. Well, Tatum not really a goat right now, but he he showcased. He got he got goat tendencies. <laughs> he got goat tendencies. Um but that's just all I'm trying to say. Um, now, Rossi obviously has had plenty of success with Yamaha all in all. Uh, you know, most of his championship wins have been have, have come from, um, has come riding a Yamaha. I think with, what, damn near 90 uh, victories, 90 victories out of, out of all his races coming on a Yamaha. Um, and um, I think of, of his actually, of his actual complete championship wins, I think four of them, four out of the seven, the majority uh was on a yamaha so rossi and yamaha have had a long line of of success and um accomplishments so it's only fit that he sticks with yamaha for i don't know if this is going to be his farewell season he did sign a one plus one contract so they can he can race next year and if everything is is good for um for for him as well as the the uh, Patronus team that he'll also be racing another year, so whatever happens, I am ecstatic uh, to see and hoping that um he's gonna continue racing for a minute. Obviously, he is up in age, so his retirement is coming soon. It's gonna be a sad day, but you gotta make room for Morbidelli, <laughs> make room for his proteges. Um. Uh, let's see, a uh, Lucio Cecanello racing team member tested COVID positive uh, recently. Uh, LCR Honda or Honda LCR? I think it's just LCR Honda. Whatever. Um, who was infected? It was somebody off of a uh, off of the HR team, the HRC team. Um, it was an HRC member working for Honda. I don't know their names. I guess that information was kept hidden because, you know, why we, we don't really need to know their names. Um, let's see. Well, now, obviously, there's plenty of prevention tactics in place by uh, MotoGP. <laughs> there's plenty of, a, a of prevention tactics in place like, uh, you know, prevention, like um, everyone has to get tested. Um there has to be a negative result prior to um, coming in to the actual race, to going into the paddock. Um, and constant testing is un and constant testing is done for a substantial period of time uh, throughout the uh, racing event, throughout that entire race weekend. They're constantly being tested, I believe. I'm almost certain. Um, now, uh, infected people, now they plan to, con now how they are containing it were 
people infected are you know immediately isolated immediately in quarantine um but uh anyone who had had close contact which they cat which they set up as category one uh they are also isolated as well and um everyone that could have possibly had any type of contact with him has been tested and they must have negative results and i'm pretty sure they're going to be continually tested uh from time to time um now uh what it means for the race team now that was just a a uh down staffing basically they just had to pick up whatever i don't want to say pick up pick up whatever slack was left based off of that team member being gone um obviously there's only a limited amount of people that can go into the padding now anyway so i don't know but um it just means they have to pick up pick up the slack and, and uh, do a little bit of extra uh work um that's all that is uh now the real question is how does that make spectators feel how does that make people who want to go to these races or because i know that you know at masano they they had fans and i'm pretty sure at lamont they're gonna have fans uh what does that mean for them does that ward them off i don't know I, I, don't, I don't think so um Obviously, there's going to be people who are most definitely not going to show 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 up based off the fact that not even the fucking riders can 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 stay COVID free. That they, even though this is their this is their job, <laughs> but I think the number one question is how is the MotoGP team going to perform the necessary proactive means to protecting the public? If they want fans to come in, obviously, they're going to have to hold everyone to their own responsibility. But, you know, there's always them people that you see who make everyone uncomfortable, who not following no type of rules, who doing whatever the fuck they feel they need to do or whatever the fuck they feel they want to do. How are they going to be stopped? Don't know. And I'm pretty sure MotoGP uh, safety committee or whatever don't have an answer for that either. That's just all I got to say for that. I, it just makes a new challenge uh, bringing in fans. And, uh, I mean, hey, everybody wear masks. That's all I got to tell you. It's, that's, that's, that just seems appropriate. I, I don't know what else you could possibly do. But, uh, you know, obviously everybody's there might not be a lot of fans simply because of the fact this, ward, this whole COVID thing wards off a whole lot of gatherings. But uh, that's about it. Anyway, um... Moving into Moto E. Moto E, uh, the last event happened at Masano. I am not going to cover. I'm not going to do no recap of Masano. I'm just going to talk about it. Uh, talk about uh, what Moto E is. Okay. Now, Moto E also, it is officially called the FIM Anel Moto E World Cup. It is an all-electric race series that started last year, actually. Its inaugural season was 2019. Um, now they normally only have a couple events. Uh, they, they don't race like with MotoGP, there could be like 25, 30, 30 races or whatever, but there's only like five or six Moto E competitions. I think the last one uh, is actually happening in Le Mans in France. And, um, it's, it's Moto E normally happens in Europe. Okay. It's hosted in Europe. That's why it's only happening in the Europe stages. Um, so I guess that's why it's limited. 
only five or six races for the year. Uh, even though MotoGP is mainly European, is mainly you know hosted in Europe as well. But that's besides the point. Um, uh, it's just an all-electric moto uh, moto series, moto racing series. Um, normally has a good bit of drivers, good bit of riders, and um, they. It's pretty fucking exciting, if I have to say. Check it back on highlights and shit like that. If you want to check back on highlights, just look that shit up on YouTube. It's by far pretty fucking entertaining. And, you know, it's the same thing with uh, Formula E. Um, There's just a different form of entertainment and a different type of noise, honestly. (laughs) That's why I listen to it. I like that electric whine that I hear. Um... One thing I do want to note, like, fun fact, these bikes only take, like, what, 20 minutes to get about damn near fully charged, which is something that I kind of want, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying, because I don't really, I don't have no Tesla or nothing like that, but how long do those shits take to charge, let me know, you know what I'm saying, let me know, hit, hit me up, let me, let, let me know how long them shits take to charge, or drop, you know, in the comments or whatever on YouTube, let me know how long these shits take to charge, because... Not well, Teslas or electric cars in general. Let me know how long they take to charge because I'm pretty sure they do not get fully charged in 20 minutes, but I'm almost certain they don't get fully charged in 20 minutes. Um, now events for this year, there were originally seven, there were originally seven events, um, that were, um, I don't want to say, say prescribed, scheduled. There you go, that's the word that were scheduled, but it was cut down to five, um, after a fire had destroyed the facility that the bikes were held and the bikes as well as the facility gone that's all i can say gone um the next event for them is going to be at le mans on october 11th in france and that's basically like the season finale for moto e is like the, the 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 season championship for moto e and so that one i'll be definitely tuning into and uh you will definitely hear me talk about it and from there obviously i'm going to recap the rest of the moto e series simply because of the fact that it's only a couple races i don't feel it's covering every race is necessary so i will be covering um all the races leading up to the final to the final this is not the nba up to the championship <laughs> and uh go from there um you know so obviously check back in uh that week or whatever of that race um i don't know yeah check back in for that uh for that episode so you know subscribe follow whatever add to your library something like that Uh, (laughs) and um last but not least what you should well not what you should but what i should what i think should happen with the Moto E. I think it should expand from Europe. I think it should go into every Moto GP series. And I think as though it'll be a great contention as being the main stage. Obviously there is Moto GP, the highest of highest. Then there's Moto 3, Moto 2, but now there's Moto E. So um Oh, and for people that don't know, yes, MotoGP is the grandstand, and yes, it is already very competitive, but definitely check into Moto2 and Moto3. Those those shits are also outstandingly competitive. I think, what, Moto3 is 600s, and Moto2 is 300s? I'm not 100% sure. I don't remember quite what the specs are, but it's just different specs. Like, MotoGP is full-on prototype monsters, uh... 
Moto 3, I'm pretty sure it's six is sixes, and um, that's usually just uh, not factory, but it's 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 just off of factory, and um, Moto 2 is damn near factory type of shit. But they are also very competitive simply because of the fact that most of the time people not not they have kind of the same engines and stuff. I think in Moto Two or something like that they have they have the same engines and everything. So everyone is tight knit. It's uh, very competitive. People in last can definitely if they if they have the necessary skill can always come up in the first. Um, obviously not like dead last and all like that, but people in the back can make their moves if they're willing to put that down on the line. Um. But Moto E, I, I just think it should expand outside of Europe, and I feel as though it should be uh, it should be way more events than just five or six or seven. Because last year it was only what six events. Obviously, it just started, and it has to build up that fan base that the people that's gonna come in early to watch a Moto E to watch a Moto E about uh, not boxing, Jesus Christ, to watch a Moto E race. So I don't know. I'll check into it. Shit, it might be good. I, I I just feel as though they should expand outside of that, add way more events, and um, then I feel like that is gonna expose them more rather than just sticking with it in Europe. But you never know how that's gonna ride. You never know how that's gonna fly. Um, next, moving into Moto America. Um, nah, I don't know if I'm gonna be talking about races. I don't necessarily know if I feel like talking. Do I feel like talking about races? I don't. I really don't. Um. I just wanted to take a look at Cam Peterson, number 45, my second favorite number. Um, dominating stock 1000, completely demolishing the rest of the competition. He has showcased that he is the best. I think he stepped away for a while, but now he's back in this season. He is shown he has only one word on his mind. Okay, I guess two words on his mind. Domination and victories that's because that's all he been doing dominating the race and getting victories baby he is number one in points and he has had i think he's only missed one pole position ever and i think that was due to a crash i'm not 100 sure i think i think but i'm pretty sure he he hasn't lost the race he has been completely at ownership of the stock 1000 you know uh category in uh, the Moto America series so Cam got my eye on you just imagine I'm Nick Fury and I got a patch I got my eye on you you know yeah if y'all don't remember that scene I'm gonna I'm plug it in I'm gonna plug it in if you're watching the YouTube version <laughs> anyway <laughs> um but I just want to say, I just wanted to bring some recognition to Cam Peterson. Obviously, he has his own recognition, of course, because he's Cam fucking Peterson. But I just wanted to let anyone who listens, you know, or anyone who watches Cam Peterson, number 45, definitely has a grandstanding, dominating stock 1000 fucking season on his hands. And I think next year he's going to be doing strictly Superbike. With that, he's not as successful. He's been in like 10, top 10. But, uh, I know for a fact that him down. I feel like he though. I feel like though, if he just if he if he were to cut out that stock one thousand and just focus on this uh, the Hono Superbike, he's gonna definitely be top tier, top tier, top five, top three uh, for the season. Now, maybe not you know of history, but in of that season, oh most definitely, most definitely. Um, 
And I think uh, he had took time off for her life, you know, father, his father and stuff like that uh, to make money um, and all that. But uh, obviously, those are completely perfect reasons to to leave, uh, you know, to leave this uh, racing type of world. These shits cost money. And if you're not sponsored and if you're not funded by a, a, a main a mainstream large factory, them, that, that shit starts to rack up when you got to fix parts, you got to crash and you got to do all this maintenance of these bikes and everything of that nature because... Keep it honest with you, you're doing it for free. So <laughs> that means you're investing your own money outside of the industry, outside of the, the race, and outside of the industry. If you don't have these types of spot, uh, sponsorships and stuff of that nature, so um, obviously I'm pretty sure he has all that stuff now. So not too much to worry about. He should be pretty good with that. Now moving into motocross, um, the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championship. Why haven't I talked about motocross so far? I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I totally forgot motocross was a thing to talk about. Have I watched motocross? Yes. Did I think to talk about it? No. (laughs) But I'm doing it today, so suck it up. I was about to say eat my ass, but that don't sound right. (laughs) Anyway. Um, happening at uh, the WW Motorsports Park, WW Ranch National. It's the seventh round of the Lucas Oil uh, AMA um, PMC Pro Motocross Championship. Um, now there's 250, 450. That's it. There's just 250 and 450. Uh, there's obviously there's qualifyings, practices, stuff of that nature. But eh. um, toss that shit to the side. But uh, we're gonna talk about uh, Moto One. There's it's different ways. Um, for MotoGP, it's just one grandstand race at the end. Obviously, uh, there's the cat. Oh my god, I forgot about Catalan for Barcelona. The Barcelona GP. I will be talking about that shit next week because I didn't put no notes for that at all. I just watched it and forgot to do anything evolving around notes. But Catalan GP. Check back in next week. That's where I'll have a way more in depth fucking conversation about it um somebody won somebody won somebody won Quadrero Quadrero won just to give you a quick heads up on that I'm saying check it to motorsports.com or uh check my twitter check my twitter big ticket 07 there's gonna be plenty of stuff on there about it um now 250 Moto 1 winner Dylan Ferrandez that 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 he won Moto 1 um with the Yamaha YZ250 the only dirt bike I've ever owned (laughs) Now, uh, Shane McLarath had the whole shot, but quickly lost that lead. <coughs> Sorry about that. Mm. Um, and then Hampshire, I don't know his first name, but Hampshire had a big crash. Uh, I'll definitely add in the footage, but had a big ass crash. Um, damn near nosedive in the bike and he was pretty high up i don't understand how he didn't come away with no injury but thankfully he came away with no injury and but he just had really far separation from his bike so that's why you expect that kind of you know uh things to happen if you have crazy separation from from your motorbike usually something went wrong so just it's a crazy fucking damage but um to you to, to the bike as well as you his wheel was completely bent and destroyed not destroyed but he was able to ride off but um wheel front wheel completely bent up as if you know uh had a crash <laughs> um jumping into moto one 
450 more than one. Zach Osborne on his Husk Burner FC 450. Um, Osborne made a ton of mistakes, a ton of mistakes in the race, but he was so aggressive and carried so much momentum in these turns that he was actually able to catch, pass, and then hold the lead for the entirety of the race. Uh, obviously, he did that a little bit. It took him a minute. It took him a minute, but uh, he came in and um, did what was necessary, which was kind of crazy. But, you know, because he was his aggression caused the mistakes, but he had so much momentum and so much I don't and so much fixing, I guess, happening that uh, he was able to catch. He was able to catch a lot um, top the top riders and hold the lead. Now, going into the 250 Moto 2. Um, there was a rider pile up at the whole shop. Start of the race, huge pile, not huge. I think it was like five or six riders. Obviously, with uh, motocross, there's like 20 fucking people, 25 fucking people. <laughs> it's a lot of riders. So, coming out of that big gate into that whole shop, I could understand a pile up for MotoGP and Formula One. Dial it back. Um, but here, most people could just get up, get back up, get on their bikes, and pr proceed. Um, anyway, yeah, ride a pile up at whole shot. Ferrandis in lead the whole race. The whole race. Uh, Miklarath had good starts in both motos. Had good starts in both motos, but quickly dropped back. Um, I don't know what's going on with Miklarath. <sighs> there were fans at the actual event. Um... Florida government allowed fans, and Dylan Ferrandez had a full uh, 250 sweep. One Moto 1, one Moto 2. Um, now, going into 450 Moto 2 winner. The winner was Zach Osborne again. <laughs> the winner was Osborne once again. Justin Barsha had a whole shot. Now, Justin Barsha has been suffering a little bit this season. Um, he hasn't had many good positionings, and he hasn't had any good real whole shot. But... Very good start. Very strong start. Was in the lead. And the motherfucker crashed. Don't know how. I think he hit a peg or something like that. That threw him off a little bit. But fell off. Crashed on the outside turn. I think it was his, his lean was just a little too aggressive. Um, this, like I said, he's been suffering for a minute. So it, it, was, a, it was a good start after a long time. And he just fucking lost it. Uh, Marv Muskin and Adam Cincerillo. Cincerillo? Cincer I think it's Cincerillo. Uh, they battled and they battled for a while. And then they finally actually touched. And that allowed, uh, that caused Adam to crash. And Marv was able to continue on. Here's how that shit went. Both of them coming off of a jump. All right. Going down. I don't, I don't know. Dirt bike nomenclature or nothing like that. But going down into a turn. Okay. Now, um, Marv, there you go. Marv was trying, basically, they were both attempting to take the same line. They were both attempting to take the same line, and from there, uh, Marvin was behind. Not Marvin, Jesus, Muskin. Marv Muskin was behind, okay, and he was trying to basically be very aggressive and overtake Adam Cincerello, which caused them to touch and bang into each other and from there Mar was able to continue on based off of that and just you know fix himself continue on but uh adam went down 
and um, lost his lead. That's basically all I got to say. Adam wasn't going to give up the line, and Marv wasn't going to give up taking it. That's about it. Um, now, Osborne, he just dives in. Dives into all these turns, dives into, in, into the race at full fucking speed, and loses no momentum ever <laughs> throughout this throughout the entirety of this of this race and just pushes past everyone and takes the lead and um eli tomac eli tomac was 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 fighting and it looked like he was actually gonna come back and give zach a, a run for his money but slight mistakes in them in in that catch-up you know phase and uh ended up giving osborne the breeding room that he needed and osborne came away with a victory um that's about it <laughs> Um, now, the 250 champion overall is Dylan Ferrandis with uh, 307 points. The Martin brothers, Jeremy Martin and uh, I forgot the other Martin brother name. But Jeremy Martin is on his heels, only about 12 points behind. Um, and the 450 champion overall is Zach Osborne with 285 points. Now, obviously, these guys are winning. So, you know. <laughs> And this is just the seventh round. Can't wait for the rest of the season. I will be talking about it more because now I remember that this is something to actually talk about. Moving on. Now, something that I was very interested in and still am because I want to be able to fly like that. One of these. I do want to fly. I want to. I'm scared. I was. Well, I'm not as scared of heights anymore, but in a plane, I'm not as scared. Okay. (laughs) But I'm anxiously waiting for the 2021 season of air racing. Now, all air races have been canceled. That's all I got to really say. All air races have been canceled. Um, There's no Reno air race. Okay, COVID has impacted Reno drastically. Reno generates millions, millions in revenue for the area uh, based off of this, based off of these air races, you know, with seventy thousand separate spectators and shit like that, as well as the advertisement revenue, the money being dumped in by sponsors, donations, concessions, merch, all of that lost. COVID is striking a financial burn on people's bodies, not well businesses, I guess. <laughs> But the industry is looking for continual support from its fans, and they are definitely going to try and get races set up for next year. Uh, this year, they have to put all that shit. They have to subside all that shit because they didn't know what, how was going, how how this COVID stuff was going to be by by September at the time that they made these kinds of, these kind of decisions at the, at the uh, earlier part of this year. But um, sorry, scratch my eye. But uh, 80% of the revenue has decreased compared to last year. Obviously, there's still, you know, uh, kind of uh, donations and, and sponsorship money and whatever else with through, like, videos and stuff like that. But um, all, most of that shit, gone. Uh, and, of course, the Red Bull Air Race is no more. So, I don't know what that... That's This is all we have. <laughs> this, a couple other, you know, private events. and Not private, but, like, um, similar events uh, that can be compared to the uh, Reno Air Race. And... You know, these associations, they rely on on these types of funds and all of that is basically gone. And hopefully all that shit comes back next year because I want to see some flying, man. I want to see some flying and I want to see some 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 action in the air. 
and I want to attend. That's also another one. <laughs> I want to attend. I want to be there. I wear a mask. I got no problem. That was just a quick expose on that shit. Um, the air race is quite possibly one of, in my opinion, very entertaining. You know, of of uh, sing it's single person skill of flying like that, and I want to be able to do that one of these days. When I say one of these days, I mean like in the next couple couple years. I don't really know where I'm gonna be in that time frame. <laughs> Don't even know if I'll be able to fly in that time frame, but it's a goal. Just got to write down a plan and then execute. If you know what I'm talking about, if you watched my shit, you should know what I'm talking about. Check back to the last episode. (laughs) Anyway, that's it for the show. I mean, obviously, I should, you know, give you all a little something, something to leave with. Well, not really something, something to leave with, but definitely give you all like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a story, maybe. A story? Should I finish off with a story? <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm, 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 I might give a little story. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Um. Ooh, ah, all right, all right, all right. I remember one time. This is just gonna be a quick little two-minute thing. I remember one time. My family, me and my father and mother, we went down to uh, a racing event, drag racing. All time, best time that I've ever had. But, see, what I didn't know was, this was like the first time I ever went to one. I didn't know that these cars were so fucking loud. This was like when I was very young, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know that this shit was so loud. <laughs> okay, going to like, I mean like NHRA type racing, okay? Going to one of those events and... Obviously, you can hear the cars out, outside from away from the track and everything. We had, you know, tent or whatever set up. And you could hear cars. <laughs> Excuse me. And you could hear the cars and stuff um, going down track, loud as shit, whatever. But going to the stands and actually being near this shit because of the fact, you know, because of the fact that there's always some type of um, VIP exception or whatever. But, um, but being real close to the shit and actually right there with the cars oh my god that shit is deafening nobody warned me that i should be wearing earplugs and at the time i'm eating barbecue ribs barbecue ribs taste so good make you want to slap your mama taste so damn good engine 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 that's what you hear I mean, obviously not engine, engine, but that you just hear the nice little idle of the engine. That's all. That's cool. I'm fine with that. Eating, dining, chilling, right? Then all of a sudden, lights, red, cut out, green, boom, nothing but. Deafening fucking noise. Nothing but deafening fucking noise. And you want to know something? You want to know something? I dropped my goddamn barbecue. (laughs) I dropped my goddamn barbecue. And if anybody knows me, you know how much I love my food. You know how much I love my food. 
I don't know. That was just a, uh, uh, that's something I just had on my mind. Anyway, peace out. That's all for the show. Uh, definitely check into next week. I will be talking about a whole lot of other things like this uh, Barcelona triple header that they had going on with the MotoGP this week. But I'm out of time and I don't feel like talking about it. I got shit to do. Um, also, check back in next week for my coverage of... Uh, I don't know what I'm going to be covering, but um, definitely that. I will be covering that, and I will be covering uh, a whole bunch of other shit as well. And talking about a couple race recaps, what to look forward to for October, this kind of stuff. So definitely check back in next week. And uh, last but not least, also, if you got any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at the Big Ticket 07 For anybody watching on the YouTube version, the links will be in the description down below. You could also hit me up on Instagram. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version, go to the go watch the video version. You know, look at my sexy ass face. That's all I got. Really gotta say. <laughs> um, peace out. Have a wonderful day.